Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And this week we have another Thriver story. And this is a Thriver story I'm actually very, very passionate about. And the reason I'm really passionate about it is because it absolutely is about bringing what's in the shadows up into the light so that we can all heal and we can help other people heal. And this is an amazing story. And it's a lady named Annie and she is wanting to come forward. She's very passionate about doing this show because it's actually to do with sexual abuse and the connection to narcissism. And the thing is, statistically, sexual abuse is huge. One in three women and one in six men have been sexually abused. Now, these statistics are frightful when we consider that that is only the reported incidences. So I'm really, really thrilled to be able to share this Thriver show and I really think it's a show that we need to share quite widely because the core of sexual abuse perpetrators, it is about power, it is about control, it is about lack of empathy, lack of conscience and identifying, objectifying people, not seeing them as people and all of that is trademarks of narcissism. Narcissism is absolutely responsible for sexual abuse. So I'm going to introduce Annie. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. I know you have been and, you know, since I approached you about this show, you were like, absolutely, 100%, I really want to share my message. I really want to help people that have suffered sexual abuse. So spot on. And it's a brave thing to do, Annie. It's a brave thing, and I'm so thrilled you're doing it. So, Annie, let's let's kick off with your story. If you could please share it. All right. Um, I was surrounded by three narcissistic direct family members from birth, so you know there was really no escaping that from a child. Uh, my mother, she wore the typical narcissistic mask and made things look right. Uh, but in fact, of course, they they never were. She granted what seemed only minimal love and affection to all three of us, the three children, um, my two older brothers and I, which of course included me. Uh, my father was a lovely man and he worked lots of long hours and he wasn't home much to see the real truth of what was going on. Much later on, years down the track, he he also suffered from her 
he um, he did say that he felt that she was schizophrenic at times and of course back then he had no idea that she was actually narcissistic. That's something that's come to light you know, with us all as time's gone on. There was quite an age gap between my two older narc brothers and myself. Um, you can probably imagine once the second brother was born that the little amount of mothering that she gave had to be decreased from brother number one to brother number uh, sorry from brother number two down to brother number one uh, to give more time to the baby and then years later I was born the third one the little girl and uh, the cycle worsened and that just created a huge jealousy rush from both my brothers towards me that that's how the narc brothers were formed via the narc brothers so that's that's the three of them in the family I'll get babysat by one of my brothers on occasions when mum and dad would go out and he used to use the opportunity to sexually abuse me telling that telling me that it was normal normal sibling thing to do and he was showing me love and affection and you know as I was a void of unconditional love or affection from mum and I, I did get it from dad but he was mostly very busy so you can imagine I fell for the crap as a five-year-old because it was you know that was what was so painfully missing in my life and I imagined that this may be what what could fill this gap from my so-called trusting big brother. It was probably the first time my brother made me feel as though I was somehow special. Luckily, I wasn't fooled for long. Um, something inside me never liked being pushed into doing anything I didn't like. I sort of had that from a very young age. So eventually the lure of his so-called love and attention changed as he wanted the sexual abuse to escalate to even more serious acts. And I didn't like what he wanted me to do, so I just I said no. Well, that started the narc vengeful insanity and that came out. He got angry, he got forceful. Then, after I still didn't give in, he threatened to kill me. Uh, I ran and hid for hours until mum and dad got home and I was so scared and confused. And the next day, I decided that I'd best tell mum. So what happened, Annie, when you did tell your mum? Well, this is interesting uh, and quite common from what I hear from others that have gone through the same thing. There was no comfort, there was no support, no protection, no love, no affection, no cuddles, just nothing positive at all from her. All I was told was to shut up and never say anything to anybody or it'll break up the family and it would all be my fault. If I did, I'd be left alone with no one. She just continued to place me back into my brother's care with no adult supervision. Lucky for me, the sexual abuse did stop only because I knew that there was a threat, that well, they knew that there was a threat that I could possibly tell Dad. But then it changed to me being constantly bashed in the head. Of course, you know, no visible bruising you could see. Um, you know, by him, mostly when my mum was around. I would complain to mum and she wouldn't say I'd do anything. Then I quickly worked out that the more I complained, the more I was ignored by her, and then funnily enough, the more beatings I got. The two of them were communicating this together as a team to make me keep my mouth shut. This quickly taught my subconscious that complaining got me nowhere and just hurts me more. She did remind me on a couple of occasions in older childhood, in you know teenage years, never to discuss sexual abuse with, with Dad. I had done such a good job of locking that abuse down into my subconscious that I can remember thinking, why is she saying this to me? 
as if I didn't even know what it was about. I was approached by a family member in my adult years with innuendos, which everything was always an innuendo when it came to the narcs, of knowledge of my sexual abuse. And this triggered me to speak to Mum and ask her if anybody else knew of it. This was really the first time it was ever discussed. My mum denied ever knowing about it and continued to show no compassion, no comfort. She shut the conversation down very quickly. And after that, of course, I questioned my memories of telling her back when I was five and then went, just went straight back into shutting it down. You know, that whole experience, shut it down again. I obviously was not securely ready for the subconscious information to fully come to the fore at that time or deal with the pain that it had caused. I was always a really well-behaved, accommodating little girl, frightened not to be anything else, really. I was rarely home. I was always over neighbours' houses. Now I know that I was, in fact, trying to get away. Lucky for me, I had a wonderful friend and a neighbour who really became my true brother, being the same age as me. I spent lots of time with him and his family and they welcomed me with open arms. They were beautiful. That taught me what true family should be like. So what I'd do is I'd pretend that I had the same, just like kids playing make-believe. That, of course, added to the secrecy shield, which never let Dad suspect anything. A good, well-behaved little girl that looked, looked to be very happy. So there was more family pain regarding your mother as well. So what was that about, Annie? Yeah, a number of years later, Dad found out that Mum had been pilfering a huge amount of money out of the family budget and hiding it in her bank account. This caused so much financial difficulty for him and she refused to even hand it over and gave him no reason as to why she was frugally squandering it away, not spending it on anything, just keeping it in her bank account. He had to work even harder to cover the mounting bills. He had numerous and continual explosive arguments for years with her and I still vividly remember him. Then Dad, during this time and these arguments, had a heart attack. And even though he recovered after having a bypass, he was never the same man again. He was distant, even with me. He used to be very loving and cuddly, but he became confused, tired, broken. He was a broken shell in comparison to what he was. He loaned money from whoever he, who, he, loaned money from whoever he could to keep things going and she refused to even sign a mortgage. So how did sexual abuse that you experienced as a child, how did it set you up for abuse as a young adult? It continued. Years went by, me still being in denial of what had happened in my younger years. I I continued to encounter many more girlfriends, boyfriends, had been terribly hurt by them. Another narc, my, my nephew, created major havoc for us as an adult working in conjunction with his eldest brother against us. I was always doing all the giving and they sucked me dry. I would work out that they were not true friends and cut contact, but then I'd find another and another. I many times came across people that would question my character and intentions and always felt that I had to exhaustingly explain myself the explanations, more often than not, fell on deaf ears. I didn't even know at the time I was defending myself in the wrong way. I internalised the anger and resentment, and I felt these people that I really felt that these people were creating for me. Mm, and that's so weird, isn't it? You know, when we've got those broken inner parts, it looks like the outside world's delivering it, 
and we're not realizing that it's those broken inner parts generating the experience and then we hook into it. It's so true. It totally is. So, you know, Annie, gorgeously, you now have a lovely husband who sounds absolutely beautiful. But then even after that, that experience of meeting and marrying him, narcissism still continued in your life. So in what form was that? Yeah, I mean, my husband, he's, he's a beautiful man and he was the prize, you know, from the horror I suppose I'd, I'd faced. He's really, really gentle and kind and, and got a really good open heart. Um, you know, this was a weird feeling for me at first. I had two NARC boyfriends prior to him uh, that, you know, I didn't know whether... So I just really didn't know whether to trust the kind of love that he was showing me as I'd never, never known it from any other guy before. Uh, you know, was it fake? What did he want from me? You know, I would, I would, I'd continuously keep thinking. But thankfully, there must have been that little seed of Dad's love in me that that uh, made me finally realise and accept that he was the real deal. Um, you know, and then funnily, funnily enough, um, at that same time, an art girlfriend was on on the case, and she could obviously see that the new relationship I had with him had the potential of becoming something wonderful. So she did her best to separate us with all sorts of concocted stories until finally one day we caught her out. Initially we did break up a couple of times um, until we worked her out and from that day made sure that we only ever trusted each other's word and no one else's ever again. Mm, If I can just, yeah, this is, you know, it's really amazing because I can almost hear people's brains ticking in the background going, you know, after so much narc abuse, Melanie, don't you always say that, you know, our childhood sets up our relationships, but yet these people get really good relationships even before they've done the work. But, you know, what you said, Annie, is just so true. You had that loving dad. I've actually met quite a few women with narcissistic mums and narcissistic abuse, and then they've actually had that loving dad, and it's really quite amazing. It's almost like an angel can come into their life, or even if they've had a love for their dad, even if their dad's dysfunctional, (laughs) it's like this angel of a man can come into their life and, and be part of that whole angel support healing system I think it's really quite gorgeous but it's not common but it does happen oh I totally agree and I'm so thankful you know for the fact that I had that example through him yeah yeah even though he was obviously codependent and struggled and clung on to your mum and all that stuff that's right he was still a loving force in your life oh definitely beautiful man and then, you know, you know, throughout our marriage, we, we went on to attract other narcs together, my husband and I. We encountered numerous narc neighbours over the years. It almost felt like they were swarming around us in a, in a way when you look back and have a bit of a giggle now. You know, they were jealous of our achievements and the things that we'd do on the house and they'd vandalise our property. One neighbour even got caught out listening to the whole of the neighbourhood's personal cordless telephone calls using a CB radio back in the day when all of our cordless phones were analogues. Goodness. Oh, unbelievable. And Mm. then then there was another one. You know, I was stalked by another neighbour who, unfortunately, this this dear guy, he, he um, um, he was mentally handicapped and... He was caught masturbating out in the street, pleasuring himself, and we ended up finding out that it was over me. And he too, oh god, he too, unfortunately, was a victim of child sexual abuse. Mm. 
you know, so here it continues. Yeah, absolutely. And the sad thing was that, you know, of course I had to go and address this with his mother. Um, you know, if anybody else in the neighbourhood were going to see it, it was, it was just not going to go down very well for her. So I addressed her about his behaviour and then she ended up turning around and blaming it on me. Mm, and isn't that scapegoat in a program oh, running? Yep, yep. Mm, absolutely. Oh, I feel that one. So, unfortunately, you know, their hatred towards me, the, the mother and the son, for coming out with it and, and trying to deal with the issue, just it escalated to death threats by him, uh, which made me end up having to be locked inside my home afraid. Luckily, all these instances eventually and exhaustingly were overcome. Um, and then we went on, you know, getting on from the neighbours. We went on to even be, even be financially ripped off by a long-term employer uh, that my husband worked for. He won a multi-million dollar contract for him and he was to receive profit sharing from that. And my husband was sub subsequently sacked very soon after. He was scapegoated and, he, and accused of fraud, mm. which of course wasn't correct. He, yes, a narc projection. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. My husband was so distraught. He was just absolutely broken. I can remember finding him curled up in the fetal position, you know, just so shocked with what had happened mm. with him for so long. And amazingly, people in the industry were appalled and supported my husband beautifully and convinced him to start his own business. So Gorgeous. we received, you know, mainly because of his outstanding character. So mm. this went on to even anger his ex-employer even further. So more revenge came from him and that continued for some time. <laughs> he even... Well, we're pretty adamant because it was an unusual thing for it to happen. But we'll run off the road one day with our kids in the car by bikies, and um, we were constantly watched and followed. We could see people tagging us, and and our new employees that we had employed even had malicious notes placed under their windscreen wipers on their cars. Goodness, unbelievable. Mm, yeah. So. To support the new business, I ended up going back to work full-time at that stage and also worked in establishing the business and learning the accounting side of the business and, um, you know, had to work with lawyers in action against the ex-employer at the same time and I was absolutely exhausted. And eventually we worked out that by giving this, uh, this ex-NARC employer no energy he eventually just withered away for good as all narcissists do when they no longer get a feed and I didn't even know about you at that stage <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, it was good that you worked that one out for yourself oh, absolutely still didn't, still didn't totally learn by that though <laughs> yeah that's okay that's okay it was all a process I just still constantly felt like there was this dark thing surrounding me that I just couldn't escape or work out what it was or, or why it was going on. My, luckily, you know, my, my husband and I have two absolutely beautiful, kind-hearted children and they're now old enough to know the truth of the whole of this and are wonderfully supportive of me, uh, the sexual abuse and, and everything. It's been a real education for them and I'm sure it's going to enhance their lives 
that they need now to, you know, can only see to associate with true people. They've had some pretty good examples of what we've been through. And I think that's so important, Annie. You know, like, I mean, as parents, we can hide so much from our children and not be honest with them. Children are smart. Children are intuitive. There's nothing worse than saying to a child, there's, some, there's nothing wrong and they know there is. There, there might be not nice life lessons for them to see as children or teenagers, but it helps them. Totally. Future. Totally. And authenticity is just such a healing, powerful force for all of us and future generations. The worst thing we can do to our kids is say, I'm okay when they know you're not, because then children grow up not trusting their own intuition. They split from themselves. And then they become susceptible to all the things that you're trying to hide from them to protect them. That's it. Or they internalise it and think it's about them for whatever reason. Absolutely. Spot on. Mm. So, Annie, things with your mum escalated. Now, she's a narc, so we'd expect them to. So, what happened? Uh After my son was born, I became a stay-at-home mum for a while. And my mum started to act more kindly towards me. Um, you know, she, as I spent more time with her, and then after she became nasty, manipulative, and guilt trippy again on me years later. Once I'd gone back to work, and I wasn't spending the time that she required with her, so I now realise, you know, her niceness was only because of the attention that she was draining from me, getting her narc supply. And once I stopped feeding the vampire, oh god, does she have hissy fits? <laughs> and then mm. dad. You know, Dad passed away years ago, and I was absolutely devastated. But you know, in typical narc form, Mum said that she was relieved that he'd gone, and I was mortified for her callousness. A few years ago, uh, Mum was actually diagnosed with dementia. That's when things got really awful for me. She demanded I was on call for her and her personal slaves more than any normal dementia patient. She told many lies to others to guilt trip me that I was never doing enough for her. She was able to turn off and on her dementia at will with certain personality traits and I was the only one that would experience it and, and I could see it, it seemed. It's what it, how it seemed to, to me. Uh, I was a mother at this stage, of course, and a business owner and ran and cleaned, cleaned the house and did all the garden and was spending up to four hours a day on her needs on top of it. So there was very little sleep. Thankfully, um, a couple of months later, I did get her into a nursing home. I feel as though Dad was a little guiding angel there too because it, it did happen with a, in a short period of time, even though it still felt long. Uh, and that might, did make things a bit better for me, but care-wise, but still the abusive and the manipulative demanding phone calls still went on and on and I could never visit her enough for her liking. And then she continued to go on and tell lies to the people in the nursing home, the carers and, and staff there to get them to call me about numerous things that so-called happened that didn't even happen. Mm, so narc, so narc. So... So, Annie, what was your breaking point and what did you do when you had that breaking point? Oh, yeah. I finally lost it. As you know, it's common with everyone that we hear that, that's in NARP. You know, and I had to. 
and eventually the whole reality of the past that I had hidden in that subconscious came back to hit me in full force. I was broken. You know, she finally pushed my button so hard that the truth, it, it just it finally came to the conscious. The emotional pain and the betrayal I felt at the time was just absolutely horrendous. So I went on and decided to speak to my eldest brother uh, to ask him what he knew of my abuse. Because I knew he, had, he knew something about it. His wife came to me years earlier distraught from years of emotional and physical abuse that she suffered from him. And within the same conversation, she inferred that she knew of my sexual abuse. It was really quite a confusing conversation. So at this particular time when I decided to ring him and ask him what he knew of it, he just denied all knowledge. He gave me no sympathy, no comfort, no protection, no assistance with my brother, the other brother who had abused me or mum. He, used, he went on to use scare tactics to get me not to tell my husband or confront the brother who abused me. I was to tell no one or it would ruin my life, he said. Doesn't this sound a lot like mum? Unbelievable. Eventually, I did tell my husband. He was absolutely shocked. He was angry, and he did, did, really didn't know what to do about the situation or his emotions for a while. And that was a really, really rough year with neither of us really knowing quite how to handle the situation. A little while later, I did confront my mother in a phone call and I told her that I'd remembered exactly what she'd said to me in, in, want, in making me conceal my sexual abuse and how much pain it had caused me. She did admit to it, only to concealing it at that stage. This was one of the times her dementia was totally switched off and she was really, really quite lucid. Her reaction in all of this was that she was absolutely disgusted that I should hurt her in reminding her that her son had done this to me. My brother had done this to me. And how dare I ever do this to her? But even though, and with this, I was apparently an absolute disgrace to the family, she said, and how dare I turn my back on my family. Then just proceeded to hang up and since then I have not had contact with her again. Wow. Wow. Mm. That, yeah. That can be quite common again, so I hear with other people that have gone through similar similar sexual abuse. Yeah, absolutely, isn't it? It's incredible how, you know, and that's the narcissist, isn't it? You know, when the mask gets ripped down and the truth comes out, then often total discard happens. Yeah, that's right. And I have also been told, and I, I really feel this, to be so correct that if a child is sexually abused by somebody that they don't know, the spotlight goes on the abuser. Right. And everybody wants to go and get the abuser. Right. If the child has been sexually abused within the family, father, brother, uncle, whoever it may be, then the spotlight goes on the child to shut up wow. the damage that it causes the family. Wow. So the child ends up getting the blame. Wow, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are going to be listening to this story that probably know exactly what you're talking about. They'll get it and they will feel it and they'll go, yep. And that is very, very, very common. 
Wow. Yeah, but, I'm just speechless at all of this. Yeah, it's it's mm. it's mind boggling. It is. So from it, so from there, I decided to go to counselling, and I did start to strengthen. Now, my eldest brother found out that I had been coming out with the truth to a few people, you know, you know, trying to get comfort and um, and you know some support. So then. The covert punishment revenge from him began. He was very clever with his lies and manipulation of other family members and people to do his bidding for him. And he really made sure that he looked the innocent and untouchable party in it all. This included enlisting his son who worked for us at this time of disclosure, who is another narc to his father, to sabotage our business which created a significant financial impact of hardship on our business. Combined with, there we go again, innuendos of further threats of sabotage. His son has now finally gone. He was caught disclosing our intellectual property to another business, plus falsifying his, the, the work that he was supposedly doing. Even after this instant sackable offence, we still, he still had the gall to ask for a $45,000 pay rise on top of his wage, thinking that we would weaken from the innu innuendo of further sabotage. Unbelievable. These threats through hard work and huge costs to us in enlisting professionals to protect our business have now finally been overcome. Mm, thank goodness. Yeah, lots of, lots of hard, hard work. Um, my eldest brother tried to get his family members to turn my husband and my children against me. And thank God, of course, that didn't work. This is all done, done to stop me from going to the police uh, about my abuse. So now I know. Mm. He and his wife, um, oh, they, t they took on one of my so-called girlfriends. And here we go, yet another narc. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Narc nest. You just have to laugh about it, you know, when you look back now. Yes. Um, you know, they, they took her under her wing. Um, I've been confiding in her the details of my sexual abuse and she knew I had major suspicions about their motives in trying to shut me up. And she sought to find out the details from me and then end up, so I found out, reporting them back to them mm. to keep them in the loop of what was going on. Yeah. You know, again, we combated together as a family and, you know, all of this happened at the same time and as, as I'm trying to come to terms with everything and heal and yet narc after narc after narc appears. Wow. Yeah, it would have been huge. Oh, one day uh, around this time, it was wonderful actually, I, I ended up going to a local spiritual store to get some crystals for protection. Uh, you know, I, at that stage, I wasn't open spiritually, totally, you know. And um, I sort of, at that stage, I, I didn't practically believe that they would do anything for me, but told myself that even if it made me slightly believe that they would, how could it hurt? I was looking for something to get rid of this dark energy that I just could not shift. And I ended up meeting a wonderful lady there who suggested that I attend healings and meditation. And meditation was an absolute godsend for me. It was brilliant. And I was definitely meant to go there at that time. I realised the truth about my mark 
Nark, mother and father, and sorry, I realised the truth about my mother and father. Um, you know, she'd been stashing this money in case my father had ever, le you know, would even le leave her. Um, as she told me so many lies as to why she hid the money and spread rumours to others that it was Dad's fault and that he was very bad handling money. And then, of course, now as an adult, I retracted what I'd been told and I could see evidence that, you know, she, that what she said was an absolute lie. Then confirmed it by speaking with other people that knew of my father really well. He was a really very responsible man and provided extremely well for the family and he had exceptionally good financial history up to that point, all really concocted and done by her. The numerous private loans that he had to take out uh, because of what mum did and, and because of the fact that she wouldn't hand back over the money in this time of financial strife were just too much for him to cope with the repayments. He had difficulty in paying them back and she took that as an opportunity to go with that line and say that he was always like it. Mm, that's so narc, isn't it? Well, I knew no different yeah. than a child. Yeah, absolutely. No so now I know why she wouldn't sign the mortgage in the first place and it was so she wouldn't have half the debt, which then left her in a bit better position if they ever did split. Yeah, well, that's right, because she could just keep siphoning the money out, put it in her name on the side, leave him with all the debt and just do a runner. That's it. And then if the house got sold in separation, well, there wasn't a debt over the house, so she'd get half that. She had it all planned very, very nicely. Yeah, yeah. So what did you decide to do? Because at this stage, you know, you were sitting on that whole sexual abuse wound and... So what did you decide to do about it? Uh, over time, the education that I received from professionals and people that I knew that worked in the court system and also police at this time, because I did do a couple of inquiries with police, they, they really did um, advise me that sexual abusers do not recover and they go on to perpetrate other people. That's a very sad fact. Yeah. And in the case of my, my abuser brother, um, he's, not that I have any knowledge that he went on to uh, sexually abuse another child. Uh, thankfully, that knowledge has never come to me, so I'm very hoping to this day it isn't correct. But he did go on to become an alcoholic and he was extremely physically abusive to his own children. And... In, that included mentally, you know, emotional abuse to them and his now ex-wife. And thank God they're now free of this as they just simply could not tolerate it anymore after years and years. So after I dropped out of that family's life, the abuser brother, and while recovering, well, mind you, at this stage it was all the family's lives, um, while recovering, his... The abuser's son actually became suspicious of why I'd done this and through questioning his father, he ended up piecing the puzzle together himself that his own father had sexually abused me as a child. So I knew at that stage I had a duty to the public and to myself to report the sexual abuse in case others had been affected or could actually be affected in the future. I was initially told 
that it would definitely go to court based on the evidence that I'd supplied. I went through the horrendous process of the investigation having to relive and drag up every tiny detail for six months only to be told at the 11th hour that there was not enough sufficient evidence to take it to trial and that I had initially been ill-informed. Mm, that must have been huge. It was huge. There was a statement that was signed to police by my eldest brother stating that the abuse did happen and there was knowledge of it, but this was second-hand information from mum and because of her being in a state of dementia at the so-called time, it was not enough to take the case to trial. Yeah, right. And he, of course, knew of the abuse, that the abuse did happen firsthand a long time ago, but decided not to tell the whole truth. Yeah. Now, with the police officer that I was working with in the investigation, I really didn't feel comfortable with the relationship I had with him. There was information that I felt I was not being told and I seriously did not feel safe and I felt like I, was, I really felt as though I was not being supported. And then, amazingly, smack bang in the middle of the investigation, I received an email from a friend. How beautiful is this? It ended up being on the anniversary of my father's death. Divinely inspired, I am sure. This dear friend gave me some information on narcissism. That word, that magical word. Yeah, yeah. I was able to finally connect the dots, you know, as to why and how my sexual abuse had happened. And it was a result of narcissism. But still, I didn't know at that stage that the information was not the only thing I needed. There was still more. That began an initial shift at least. The right people just started to miraculously show up at the, with the right information at amazing speed at uncanny times. Right after the investigation was filed through lack of crucial evidence uh, and I was left just feeling so unsafe and unsupported and still victimised, unsure of what the family knights were going to pull next and how much damage control I had to think up to protect my family and myself. Isn't it unreal how the universe can just supply when you are on your last, oh my gods, you know, when it, you hit the bottom? It was beautiful. Mm. It was be at that awful time to have people come with information out of the blue yeah. was so comforting. It was just what I needed. Yeah. And it, one of the people that came was another police officer just out of the blue for a totally different reason, which has nothing to do with this case. And he could see that I was really distraught. It actually ended up happening the night I knew that the case was going to be filed. And he just turned up on the doorstep. And I am not kidding you. Like I said, for another reason. Yeah. And he just spent his personal time sitting with me in it he had already knocked off with you know spending his unconditional time informing mm. me advising me comforting me and plus even offering to protect me in the future if I needed it if I got any revengeful acts from the narc family it was beautiful it was amazing absolutely 
he was a, you know he was even able to explain the process better and it informed me that it was definitely you know a family member that was withholding the cru crucial evidence that was needed. I didn't even really know this at this stage. I'd just been left in the dark. Um, that they and they knew this, this family member knew that they were holding the key of being my eldest brother. So in the end, he just comforted me and he just said, you know, we definitely know that your brother sexually abused you. And this frustrates the police no end because this isn't the first instance, you know, that of course that they, they come across. And, you know, not only did it go not go to trial, and, you know, many similar cases um, are in the same boat because of apparently the inferior court process. So, you know, that's another struggle that um, sexual abuse, people that have suffered from it have to have to go through and deal with. Totally. And I'm so well aware of that. Yeah. It, it, it is, it's a big deal. It's very difficult. Mm. But, you know, at least I have comfort now in knowing that it's it's on his record for further reference for public safety. Mm -hmm. uh, and this this police officer was beautiful. He congratulated me for my efforts, and he said to me, "Do you know what?" He said, "The case can be reopened at any time if any further evidence comes forth." And he said, "You have opened a can of worms. You do not know what will happen in the future." Absolutely. So he was just beautiful. And, um, you know, also I know that my mother and my brothers, they had to answer to the police for their foul actions and, and know that the police have everything on file that they've done. Not only did I regain my power from some power, my, a lot of power, I should say, from that process, but I taught my children to live in truth and have the courage of their convictions. You know, what, what better lesson for, for them to learn? And that the truth really, really does set you free. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh. I love that. You know, it it that that was a huge comfort, and the police officer mm. really drew that out in me. Even though I knew it because I was broken at that time, he really drew it out. Gorgeous. You know, that's it, isn't it? It's about showing up in life, actually, regardless of the outcomes, just because it is the right thing to do for us. Oh, for sure. Mm. And then after the investigation. Of course, I just hit a slump. Even though this beautiful police officer had comforted me, I was just so emotionally exhausted and drained, having to rehash everything, you know, over that, that past six months. Even though I'd finally stood up for myself and I was stronger for defending myself, now I felt weak from exhaustion. I still felt the pain of being victimised because of not publicly getting justice for the you know and or the protection um, for the public or myself, even though I could do no more and had done enough, I felt betrayed and disgust towards my eldest brother for not coming forward with the truth and felt unsafe in knowing that I you know what I, what was I going to cop next in retaliation from them? My mom was still swimming exhausted and on overdrive and I was doing this to myself and I could not switch it off. I was rehashing every angle of ways to protect myself and my family from the maybes and the unforeseen. What was coming next? You know, when will it happen? These painful emotions became as bad, would you believe it, as the initial pain of dealing with 
coming forth from with the sexual abuse into the conscience. I just simply couldn't take it anymore. So I went on and I started to Google again for guidance. And finally, Melanie, up came your website. Oh, thank goodness, Annie. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. More oh. miraculous things, timing. Oh, Beautiful. Yeah, and at your 11th hour, if I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was actually, yeah, that was, that's what happened with me with the kinesiology table. <laughs> it was like, I can't go another five minutes like this. And then bang, there it was. Yeah. So, okay. So what happened after you found my material, Annie? Well, I finally could see quite quickly that the rest of what I needed to heal was now available for me. And that narcissistic information that I'd received months earlier, it wasn't enough. It, it, you know, the information was great, but it wasn't enough. It was not healing those core, core wounds. And I was, I was lucky that some of the healing prior to finding your website had, had started and was partially done, but there was still a huge amount more to do. You know, I, I always have felt the warmth and the guidance of Dad up there helping me, along with the neighbour brother I call brother, Mm. Um, who he passed away from a young age, and I just felt as though they were guiding angels looking out for me. Oh, gorgeous! You know, and in the meantime, I also had a huge amount of support from my uncle, my father's brother, and he became my living father figure. You know, I'd, I'd already gone through and done no contact with them, so that was terrific. That was great, and I'd wor- already had started working on codes codependency and finally realised that I don't have to do everything for everyone just to be loved mm. you know, and through that my, my marriage and my family relationships got even better and they didn't take me for granted anymore you know I, did, I wasn't exhausted all the time something that I'd, you know, I'd set this up for myself oh and don't we always you know, <laughs> previously I, I, just, I knew no difference of course of course, you were trained into that. Oh, of course, you know that was the mm. only way to get love to do others. You know, yeah, that, that was the law of the of the conditioning from the word go. Yeah, you know, I could finally accept that my family, my husband and my two children, loved me unconditionally, and that was such a beautiful feeling. Mm. And and that I could love myself unconditionally too. Yeah, that whole you know, I can love, I can love and be loved for who I am. Not what I am or aren't doing or how I do or don't look or what I do or don't have. It's a miraculous feeling once it finally centres mm, in. It's gorgeous. You know, the, the friends that weren't supportive and parasitic or self-centred, they'd already started to drop away, but the beautiful ones remained. You know, plus new beautiful ones started, had already started to enter my life. Mm. You know, I already had the life I dreamed of as a little girl. You know, I didn't have to actually pretend this anymore. And I created this mm. myself along with my husband. Yeah. You know, my eldest brother, you know, he he still tried to continue to dam, you know, on the damming regime to further people, uncles, family, but he was ignored by them and turned away. Mm. So, you know, that wasn't working anymore. However, of course, as I've said, you know, I needed to feel it more as I was still blocked by remaining in, in terrified feelings of you know that I've mentioned before, and I still had to work majorly on forgiveness, which is a tough one, and letting go. Yeah. 
you know, not only forgiving them, but forgiving myself for allowing this hurt to continue into my adulthood and for allowing these people to be part of my children's lives as they had no regard for even their happiness or well-being. And why would they ever? You know, even at this stage before starting the healings, the narcs were no longer in my life. They were getting no supply and had completely gone elsewhere for it. So that, that was a good start, a good start. Yeah, look, you definitely already had a foundation going, which was, you know, brilliant, considering what you'd been through. So, Annie, what happened when you started doing the healings in NARP? Oh, you know, when I started working on the NARP modules, I found some deep, deep inner wounding connected to my eldest brother, um, and the brother being you know, that had abused me, wounds that I had no idea logically existed. When I let go of this inner wounding, I cried like you would not believe. It came from the toes, up mm -hmm. every centre. You know, and after letting it go, I felt so much relief, Melanie. My head, after this, my head tried to rationalise what had just happened, but. I let it go and stopped analysing it and just accepted it for what it was. And it was just a miraculous chance to heal. It was beautiful. You know, not only that, but I know historically that ancestors of mine have been abused and were abusers that had been confided to me by other family members. And I knew that I had just changed something very profound at DNA level and I could feel it. In a matter of weeks after starting now, and it was a matter of weeks, not a long time, it changed my reactions to many previous painful emotions. I found that I progressively healed and up-leveled my inner wounding and things that used to trigger me just didn't anymore. I am no longer affected by what other people think of me, how they judge me or anything they say about me. That's a huge thing for me. This is a complete shift and that always used to affect me, you know, and now it just doesn't. I had never known that freedom before. I'm actually finally getting more and more comfortable and feeling stronger within myself and this feeling of continually growing. My long-term physical health conditions that were manifested from internalising the fear and stress stress have immensely improved which is fabulous mm, and what were those what were those health conditions um, nothing was ever fully diagnosed it was very hard for the doctors to pinpoint what it was which again is a very very common mm. complaint of people that have been uh, sexually abused as a child absolutely I have friends that absolutely and then doctors have just said you know it's fibromyalgia or it's you know and I know yes. fibroid is very, very real. You know, yes. it's very, you, very real. You just hit the nail on the head. That was one of them. Chronic yeah. fatigue. Chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, people that have been sexually abused and had their power yep. taken away. Absolutely. I see it all the time. And hormonal issues are extremely common. Mm. You manifest it. You know, where you've been abused, you tend to manifest it there as well. Yeah, so yeah. That is uh, very common. And I had no idea that for years of me going to the doctor that they knew, they suspected that I had been sexually abused as a child, but mm. in their training, could not bring that out until such time as I did. Yeah, of course. 
So then once I actually did go after I had you know come forth with this and spoke to them about it, they said, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with those symptoms, the chronic fatigue and the things like that, what have you noticed as a difference now? I do not get the joint pain. I must say, I haven't, other than doing a hard, hard day's work in the garden or at the gym, I don't get joint pain. The joint pain I receive is from normal uh, or muscular mm. pain. Um, mm. The hormonal issues are subsiding drastically. Yeah. Yeah, my uh went off and had an ultrasound done not long ago, and there's one little one left. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's so, so true. When we get those tra- painful emotions out of our body, the body just goes back to have well-being. It's mirac. It's just wonderful. Yeah. yeah, you know, but that that in itself, just one little reason, is is major to a lot of people to have release from that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it did. this was just a total complete shift you know I don't, I don't have to conceal my achievements or deflect others jealousy retaliation anymore you know I can comfortably speak my truth now and I'm actually seeing the inspirational effects with some people I share it with now instead of the previous uncomfortable fears that I used to have instead of internalizing the anger from the injustice and betrayal I don't take it on anymore I have cleared so much of these inner wounds and I'm now able to live my life with my own integrity and truth. I don't feel the need to exhaust myself in bothering to explain myself to people who just refuse to see the truth and are narrow-minded anymore. Yay! <laughs> I'm wonderful. Yeah, that, it's such freedom. That is so much time on your hair, adds time on your hands. It's wonderful. Totally. Those people just didn't live in my truth. Yeah, that's right. And when we no longer have the words of, you know, I have to get people on the same page as me or I can't be safe. You yes. know, they're really young in a wounds and when they're gone, it's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You know, it, I just don't have a charge left on it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And I can allow them to be whoever they need to be without upsetting me. Mm. You know, it truly was because of the shifting of the inner parts of me that were caught up in this pain that I shifted and changed and the changes were happening within weeks of module work things that I'd struggled with my whole life were melting away I can't even imagine feeling many of these emotional triggers anymore they simply just don't exist that's huge you know yeah that's my deal you know I just think it is so hard trying to manage wounds you know with strategies and management and just focus on something else or just do this or just do that or just isn't it just so much easier when the wound just isn't there oh the release is amazing you know then even after that other amazing amazing things started to occur after I started now my husband and son and I have been really concerned about a boyfriend that our daughter has been seeing for some while. She was love-bombed. Oh, isn't anyone listening to that comment and going, oh, yeah, okay. And mm. due to prior bullying at school that she had, you know, and general teenage low self-esteem, and then I look at it, and, of course, my daughter has also suffered DNA painful beliefs from my heritage. Absolutely. Uh, she was a prime target to try and convert her over to 
a secret religious cult that he and his family were involved in. Mm, now, isn't that a narcissist, Ned? <laughs> oh, God, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, not long after I started NAR, um, this came to the fore and, and this relationship broke up. And she, my daughter was able to stand tall and strong and resist his attempts to get her involved with this religious cult. Secret with no name, no name, so they don't go. They they can't be uncovered as to who they are. Whoa. Yeah, and he ended up, of course, because she stood up for herself. He discarded her. Yeah. And of course, she suffered the narcissistic abuse, didn't she? And now, because of the healings in NARP, I'm able to help her through you, Melanie. You know, I feel very confident that she will get better. And she has seen, she's seen me recover. So she's got an example there, to, you know, that she can see that's real in, in front of her eyes. Uh, and know it is possible. And I know the tools I use for myself will now greatly benefit my daughter as well. Now, it's not just having an impact on me. It's, it's healing effects are benefiting, benefiting my family profoundly. Mm. The flow on effects. Look, totally, totally. And there are actually two messages I'm really passionate about. Sexual abuse is, is one of them, absolutely. And the other one is our children. And I actually had a session with one of my lovely clients today who works in childcare, and I know she listens to my shows religiously, so she'll know I'm talking about her. And we had a really powerful conversation after her healing about how in childcare, how she sees problem children. She sees children that are really, really struggling with areas of their life. And she says to me, it doesn't matter how much we do for the child, if the parent isn't actually healing themselves, that it's futile. Like I totally agree. We're really, you know, it's like putting water into a bucket that's got holes in it that's leaking. It's, and it, this is what I am so passionate about. You know, I get so many parents say to me all the time, what do I do for my kid? What do I do for my kid? You know, and this parent is broken from narcissistic abuse. And I say to every single one of them, you have got to heal yourself. You can't do anything for your child the way you are. You cannot all you're going to do is codependency enabling. But what we really have to understand on a deep energetic healing level is that our children's vibrational emotional matrix comes from your vibrational emotional matrix. Now, even though you can't see how energy connects, I promise you from a mother, personally, I've done it. And I've seen so many other mothers and even fathers do it is that when we heal ourselves, our children's matrixes automatically shift to match yours. You actually don't have to physically do anything to see your children heal and step into their power and start walking in their power. And I've got, and this gorgeous client of mine, she's looking for a mission, she's looking for a purpose, and I said, honey, because she's so passionate about this, she gets it, I said, honey, you have just hit your mission. This is what the world needs educating about because look at our generations of narcissists and codependents. We've got to stop this blight. We've got to take responsibility. We've got to heal ourselves and that is the only way we can empower our future generations. So I'm so thrilled 
that you're doing this forum with your daughter help oh, it's brilliant and it, it, I just support you 110% with what you just said the taking responsibility by the parents and and showing by example to their children it's monkey see monkey do in mm. every avenue that's right physically logically cognitively and energetically spot on spot on yeah yay so I really hope that message gets out there that we just spoke about because you know if I had three wishes in the whole world that would be one of them that parents get that message totally agree mm. so speaking of messages <laughs> what message would you like to share with the community Annie oh look I'm, I'm really strong in wanting to put this forward now now I know I'm still healing and I'm still improving on parts that I previously thought were healed and I realised that that weren't but I am reaping the benefits um, you know this is this is now a life habit for me and I'll continually and continue to do this lovingly and continue to do this for myself and I'm now finally in a position that I can help others and I feel really, really passionate about this. Mm, beautiful. Very excited. Very excited to have this opportunity. And thank you so much, Mel, for allowing me to do this with you. Well, I was just so, so thrilled, Annie, that, you know, somebody that had been sexually abused, when I spoke to you, you know, and that's trusting gut and intuition, I had that hit of, wow, I need to talk to this woman. I would really love her to help me get this message out there to so many people who are carrying the deep wounds of sexual abuse that through NARP you can heal them. Oh, if, if sexual abuse victims can, can Google uh, and find your website, by, it would just be so fantastic for them absolutely amazing you know as you said before one in three women one in six men have been sexually abused mm. and as you said they're, just, they're disgusting statistics that's but, right you know NARP has helped me so much when nothing previously could really heal the insidious and deep wounds so I really really hope this message gets out to other sexual abuse victims and the message is this you will not be a victim anymore you will thrive in happiness and together all of us can work on evolving and diminishing this sadness from society. Well that's exactly right you know and that's life from the inside out instead of the outside in because if we empower we heal our wounds we pass that empowerment on to our children they're not going to be targets they're not going to life doesn't roll dice. You know, this is the most empowering thing we learn is that it's actually in a wounding or in a DNA generational patterns that we picked up, inherited, that we're carrying that actually causes the pain. Once we up-level, once we transcend all of that vibrationally, emotionally, energetically, that's the future generations that we're creating and that's how we're going to heal. You know, we cannot grab the sexual abusers and perpetrators and stick them all on an island. We can't... We can't control anything outside of ourselves. We can only heal ourselves one person at a time and create that as the healthy virus that spreads, not the darkness. We can overcome it. We can push back. And that's what we all need to do if we want our world to change. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you came on, Annie. And I'm sure there are going to be lots of people that listen to your sh- to this show. And Annie, you know, thank you. Now, you'll be available to answer questions on the blog? Yes, I will be. Gorgeous. Because I really... Love ha- to do so. I think you'll love it too. You know, this is a really empowering experience for so many people. So thank you so much, Annie. I'm so grateful. And I know a lot of people out there are going to be really, really grateful that you just came forward and, you know, and shared this experience. Thank you. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity, Melanie. It's wonderful. All right, darling. So you have a lovely evening and good night. You too. Good night. Okay, bye-bye, Annie. So everybody, I hope that you really uh, enjoyed that show. You know, Annie's very, very honest. She's very, very authentic. And it's just a really beautiful message to push back, to heal our wounds, to up-level, to, you know, stop this insidious disease that's happening. And for anybody out there that's listening to the shows, if you want to know more about the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, All you need to do is you can put in your search bar Melanie Tonia Evans forward slash NARP which is capital N-A-R-P and you'll learn all about the healing system that Annie, all the thrivers and thousands of people from 50 different countries are accessing to heal those deep wounds. So that's it from me everybody. And I hope you have a wonderful day or evening and I really, really look forward to your support and your comments and your questions on the blog tomorrow. So bye-bye everybody and lots of love. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.